Palms this morning. Well, let's read a passage from Matthew 21. It says, They brought the donkey and the colt, and they put their put them on clo their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on, on the road, and others on cut branches. Here we go, branches, palm branches from the trees, and spread them out on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Today is Palm Sunday. And people grabbed anything to worship. They laid their, their cloaks down on the road. They took palm branches and laid them down and they waved them in worship to our Lord Jesus. And that's what we're doing this morning. Lord, we just thank you and we praise you and we worship you today and we celebrate you as you came into Jerusalem. Lord, your triumphal entry. But Lord, you knew what was ahead. You knew that you would die on the cross. But Lord, you came because of us. And so we celebrate you this morning.
want those words to be more than just this words on a screen that are coming out of our mouths, Lord. But we, we pray earnestly today that our heart, our focus in all that we do, more than just when we walk in on Sunday morning and sing and worship and, and, and be part of this community, but, but all throughout the week, Lord, at the places that you have us, Lord, you are the first on our list. You are the most important. You are the foundation that our lives are built upon. And so, Lord, we pray that today and we ask, Lord, that we, we would be used by you for your kingdom's sake and for your glory.
Lord Jesus, we are humbled by your majesty. We are stand in awe, kneel in awe in your presence. We submit ourselves to you and say, have your way in us. Thank you, Jesus. Well, good morning. My name's Kurt Jones. I'm one of the elders here at Grace, and we want to thank you for joining us this morning in worship. And this is the part of the service where we get ready to take communion together. So if you want to locate the uh, communion packets you received on your way in, and just get those ready for when we take communion together in the next few minutes. And for those of you joining us via live stream, thank you for uh, joining us in worship today as well. And uh, we'd invite you to join us in communion also. Well, I wanted to ask you, have, do you, can you remember the first time you understood or were confronted by your own mortality? I do. I was born in a little town, grew up in a little town in Iowa, about 700 people. It was kind of an idyllic place. Grandma and Grandpa lived a few blocks away. There was never any crime. It was peaceful, tranquil. Really, nothing ever happened there. It was largely insulated from what was going on in the rest of our country at that time back in the 1960s. I was very fortunate to have been born into a home that was a safe place. I knew it was a safe place. I knew Mom and Dad loved each other. I knew they loved me. And I took a lot of uh, security from that, knowing that I lived in a place where I was safe and secure and um, had a strong family behind me. And so I built this kind of this foundation. My truth was built on, on that foundation. And mom and dad had a few, of course, a circle of friends like most people do that they used to like to hang out with. And they had, uh, they all had kids within a year or two of my age and we'd get together and hang out and life was good. Then one day something happened that shattered my perception of reality. I came home from school and mom told me that one of the dads in this group of friends had died suddenly. And these, you know, my folks, everybody was in their early 30s. And this was the first person I ever knew who had passed away. And it just didn't occur to me that people died, I guess. And I, it really shook me up. I had questions. And so I remember talking to mom in the kitchen about these questions. I said, is, is he going to be back? Is the family going to see him again? So now, Kurt, he's, he's gone. He's not coming back. And then he got a little closer to home, and I started asking, well, you and dad and grandma and grandpa, you guys, you know, we're all good, right? I'm good. We're, we're healthy. And, well, yeah, I hope we're, we're doing well. But someday, hopefully many years from now, we will pass away. We'll die. Everybody here on this planet eventually is going to have to face that. Well, that foundation I was telling you that I'd kind of built on safety and security, a piece of that foundation just kind of crumbled and <laughs> floated away. And it really rocked my world. Well, over, over time, that, that anxiety and fear sort of faded, but it's always hanging on in the recesses of my mind. And about four years later, we were sitting in the living room, Mom and Dad and I were watching the Billy Graham Crusade network TV, believe it or not, <laughs> and um, we'd watched him before, mom and dad really liked listening to Dr. Graham, and I was always drawn to it, but fearful of it, I liked what he had to say, I knew it was truth, and it resonated with me, but at the same time, I knew that truth demanded a response from me, and something inside me wasn't ready to let go, I wasn't ready to respond, and really his message was simple, I think he can sum it up with what Paul says in Romans. Number one, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Number two, 
the payment or the penalty for that sin is death. But God has granted us eternal life, the free gift of eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Thanks be to God. And so that night, I finally surrendered, repented of my sins, and asked Jesus to, to be my Savior. And all was good for a while. I had my ticket to heaven. I was going to avoid hell. And, but nobody told me that becoming a Christian was the first step in your life with the Christ, not the last step. And so I tried to be a good Christian little boy for a few years, and it, you know, had some limited success. But there was a big piece of the puzzle that was missing. Thankfully, years later when I was in the Air Force, got to be friends with a fellow officer who began to teach me what it meant to be a disciple of Jesus. Yeah, I got to get to know him. I spend time in his word, pray, spend time with him. And um, I had been living contrary to what Jesus teaches in John 15, where he says, if you want to live the way I've called you to live, you have to abide in me. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. And that if anybody abides in me, he'll bear much fruit, that fruit which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Not a little bit, but nothing. And that truth has transformed my life. Stand with me, if you will, and we'll have communion. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the grace that you give us. We thank you for the grace that saves us, and we thank you for the grace that is refining us and making us more like you. And Lord, we ask that you would continue to draw us to yourself, continue to give us the, the grace to, to pursue you and become, become more like you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Did you? 